Birds, Patient and Public Engagement podcasts. Hello, and thanks for joining us for another episode in this podcast series about osteoporosis. I'm Mel Brook, the Patient and Public Engagement Director for BIRDS PPE Programme. And in this episode, I'll be talking to Sarah Legg, who is a Senior Physiotherapist in Rheumatology at the RNHRD and Brownsword Therapy Centre in Bath. With physiotherapy being such an important part of self-management, This podcast explores what the best kinds of activities are for people with osteoporosis and why. Sarah talks us through a range of examples and simple tweaks and tips for day-to-day routines and also carefully explains what types of exercise can help to address the specific physical needs of people with osteoporosis. With every podcast, we try to find useful additional sources of information and links and these will be listed in the podcast text description box. Hello, Sarah. Thanks for joining me today. Hello, Mel. Thank you for inviting me. You're most welcome. Um, So this podcast is going to form part of a mini-series all to do with osteoporosis. And obviously with your speciality being... um, physiotherapy this is going to be a really interesting one I think for people um, with osteoporosis so we've learned that osteoporosis is where you have a low bone mass and that you can have an increased risk of fracture and reduced bone strength so it'll be really interesting to talk to you about how people can manage this from um, from an exercise perspective absolutely so if we start with um, the kinds of activities that people with osteoporosis can do to stay active and what, from your perspective, what defines exercise? So exercise is very important for people with osteoporosis. We know that your bones are responsive to what you do. So that concept of use it or lose it applies to bone as much as it does to muscle or any other type of fitness. So. When we're defining physical activity, we mean that's the things that you do in the day. So getting up, washed and dressed, going up and down the stairs, carrying your shopping, your physical fitness is your ability to do your day-to-day routine without feeling too exhausted. And exercise, we tend to define as something that we, we've meant to do, we've planned it. It's an activity that then deliberately challenges the body So it improves our physical fitness so that those day-to-day activities are easier for us to do. I was going to say that that makes sense because staying active is just maybe walking to the shop and doing a bit of hoovering and then exercise is, is doing something more deliberate. Absolutely. Exercise we would usually define as something you've deliberately chosen to do to improve that physical fitness, to make your day-to-day activities easier. Right. Okay. So what kinds of exercise um, would be good for people with osteoporosis? So the first thing to say is that all um, of the exercises 
are really important for people thinking about maintaining uh, good heart health, good lung health, trying to decrease their risk of other medical conditions. So we do at first look to the general uh, government advice around exercise, trying to get 150 minutes of moderate exercise, trying to sit less, make sure that we're breaking up any sedentary time, um, and then trying to build into our week some muscle strengthening and some balance. We know that there are specific exercises that can be important for bone health, um, and we're happy to give some examples of those. So, so obviously, you want people to gain the obvious health benefits of keeping active, as you've mentioned, um, which will contribute to their overall health and other conditions. And then doing something more deliberate that targets their um, bone health, their, their low bone mass. Um, what, what can they do to, to improve that or help improve that themselves? So as we've said, bone is responsive to what we do. The sort of things that can be uh, beneficial for bone health are trying to, to load the bone. So we often recommend impact exercises or strength exercises um, that ask the bone to be strong. So the bone will detect these um, sort of increases in strain um, and this can help uh, to improve bone mineral density scores. If we're honest with the with the research, what we don't see is exercise building up bone density. Um, so your BMD or bone mineral density to an extent that it uh, sort of becomes much stronger. So you cannot exercise your way out of having osteoporosis. But when we compare people with osteoporosis who are doing an exercise program to those who are not, the differences become much more apparent. Um, when we're exercising, we can we can reduce our risk of bone loss um, and have a, a good maintenance effect on our bones throughout. Okay, so you mentioned impact exercises. Is that things like just walking or running? So studies have looked at walking and the thinking is that it's not necessarily enough to have an impact on your bone density. At the same time, if this is new to you, if this is a, a new exercise, something your body is not already adapted to, then obviously it would be a great place to start. We we appreciate that during this particular time, while we are being asked to uh, remain in our properties, that um, people might not be getting their normal walking or their normal exercise classes. But there are a lot of things that you can do in the home that would class as um, an impact type exercise. The sort of things that we often recommend people do is start with something like a, a stamp, a marching your feet and making some noise. If you're very unsteady and it's difficult for you to stand without a, a walking aid, for example, you can start this in sitting or you can start this in standing, holding on. Um, if you find stamping and making a noise is very easy for you, you can hold on or put your hands onto a wall and try some, some small jumps and see how your body responds to that. 
we if jumping is comfortable we can move on to uh, trying actually hopping if people feel that that's something that they'd be able to achieve in terms of the number of these that you would need to do um, you don't have to do too many what we've what we've seen from the evidence is that small bursts of impact exercise are appropriate the bone desensitizes quite quickly to these so um, 10 jumps or stamps in a row repeated up to five times would be very appropriate okay i was just imagining someone in a in a flat that might not be such a good idea <laughs> <laughs> how noisy you are so so 10 jumps and then a little break and then another sort of five four sets you were saying that kind of thing up to that so initially um if someone hasn't been uh jumping or stamping or hopping whichever yeah. level you come in at if you haven't been doing this before then um you wouldn't need to do all of that initially we'd, we'd get you to ease into the exercise yeah so we'd say this about any of the exercise generally that you start at a level that feels comfortable and appropriate for you and gradually build it up yes because you can't go from doing nothing to them suddenly doing loads can you and you're probably going to feel quite poorly and then never do it again absolutely we wouldn't recommend that and it's also worth thinking about other conditions that you might have um, if you have any osteoarthritis or you have any other conditions um, with your breathing you just want to go into exercise at a level that feels appropriate for you so before beginning a new routine it's useful for people to think about what exactly it is that they want to achieve so for some people, this might be better balance because they are worried about falling. For other people, it might be that they want to improve their strength so that it's easier for them to carry shopping or get up out of a low mm -hmm. sofa. And others, again, might want to work on their, uh, their endurance, uh, their cardiovascular fitness. So you might have noticed that walking uh, up a hill or upstairs makes you more out of breath than you'd like, in which case that would be the area for you to start on. So picking an aim, picking what you want to work on first and going into that area of exercise first is what we'd recommend. We wouldn't recommend that you start everything at once. So picking the important area to you, starting to build on those type of exercises and then when you feel happy with that, bringing in other aspects would be what we It's so logical, recommend. but it's just things that you don't always think of yourself and you you challenge yourself and you think, I must do my yeah. 150 minutes. So I'm going to do this, this, this and this. And actually it ends up too much and it's kind of counterproductive. So that's such, yeah. such logical, good advice. Thank you. <laughs> OK, so I'm guessing that the walking and marching and jumping and things like that really benefit the spine and the hip which are two of the kind of one of the main two of the main risk areas for op what about um your arms your wrists because i understand that wrists are also one of the common areas that are at an increased risk of fracture absolutely so the exercises that you do the benefits will be site specific so we mean if you're hopping and jumping the benefits will be in your leg and your low mm. back um, obviously these won't then affect the arm what we've been asking people to do here is practice um, if again they feel comfortable a fall to a wall so they stand close to a wall 
and just uh, lean forwards and make a bit of a, a smacking sound on the wall. Again, not maybe if you've got neighbours. Um, so you're sort of slamming your hands to the wall. Um, other things that would be appropriate would be weight bearing through the arms. And, and you can tie this in with strength exercises. So um, we talk about push-ups, which sounds scary to some mm. if you haven't been exercising. But all of these exercises can be done at different levels. So a push-up, for example, can be started on a wall. So hands out in front of you on the wall, lower your face, or slowly bring your face towards the wall and then push back. If this is easy and comfortable for you, you could put your hands onto a kitchen surface, walk your feet back and lower yourself towards the kitchen surface and push back up. If you can comfortably do 10 of those, you may want to try this on the floor. These will be weight bearing through the hands. They'll be um, strengthening in terms of your core uh, and your upper back muscles and your arms. Um, so we're trying to get some effect in that area too. Okay, it sounds like um, with the increased risk of fracture, we, we can come back to some of that because I believe that's strength training. But um, when it comes to starting exercise, I mean, ideally you would see a physiotherapist, wouldn't you, and talk about them and, and um, work on best ways of starting and ways of exercising that you're not going to cause more damage or put yourself at risk so I'm guessing that most people would get a referral to see a physiotherapist once they got their diagnosis of of osteoporosis certainly we do like to meet people who have a diagnosis of osteoporosis given the numbers it's likely that a lot of people with osteoporosis won't meet a physiotherapist but the times that we would definitely recommend it would be if people have had a fracture and they've got pain, if people have other conditions that are making it difficult for them to exercise and they want to consult a, a professional about that, we can help people um, with pain management techniques, with their posture. And a lot of what we do is also reassurance. A lot of people who get a diagnosis of osteoporosis have been exercising before and really want to know if what they're doing is safe. Sometimes going online and finding some information about what exercise is appropriate with, uh, with osteoporosis or speaking to one of the nurses at the Royal Osteoporosis Society can be enough to reassure people. But if people want to go through specific programs that they're doing or if they've had conflicting advice, we're very happy to meet them on referral. OK, so it's not routinely prescribed, but it's something that that you could request or you could talk through with your um, medical consultant or doctor to, to ask about. Yes, so certainly in Bath, we've been working closely with our fracture liaison service to offer a referral to everybody who has had a vertebral fracture, so a break in one of the bones in their spine. We are also able to accept referrals from GPs or any consultant that you see. Okay, I think we're going to do a podcast on um, the referrals. So that will be interesting. So it will fill in some of that, um, some of those questions. Also, if people wanted to look up any information about exercise, um, there are some uh, websites that we would find useful, which we can 
provide the link for, but with videos and diagrams explaining these exercises in relation to osteoporosis. That would be good. We can include the links um, in the description for the podcast. So that'd be really good. We'll add those in later. So we talked about um, strength training or building up strength. This is to help avoid people injuring themselves when they fall. So strength exercises can be done easily using your body weight or sometimes adding in household items. Um, We often focus on uh, a few key strength exercises. So we look at a a sit to stand or squat, a push up and uh, maybe a a pulse, squeezing your shoulders together at the back. Just to take one of those as an example, uh, sit to stand or squat. So if you try getting up from your chair without using your hands, see if this is challenging for you. If it is hard, you can use that as your exercise, practice getting up and down without your hands. If it's easy, you could try that from a lower chair or you can challenge yourself by holding something to your body. So um, you can maybe have a bag with some bottles of water in it and holding it right close to your body so you're not leaning and, and holding it out away from you. And then rather than sitting down all the way, you just reach down till your bottom touches on the chair and stand back up again. With strength exercises, we ask people to try and make them difficult so that they can just about manage between eight or 12 repetitions. You should want to stop at the end of your uh, your, uh, set of exercises and then to repeat either two sets or three sets of this. Um, We don't ask people to do the uh, strength exercise every single day, although you could always alternate and do uh, a sitting to standing type exercise on one day and a push-up type exercise on another day. There are examples of how to do these exercises online. Um, And if you haven't done them before, we'd recommend having a look at that or getting someone's advice on on how to do the exercise. So the strength training is twofold. Firstly, when you use a muscle, you do exert a force on the bone. So there is... um, uh, an element of um, adaptation within the bone. So it is good for bone health. It is also very important uh, in terms of uh, helping people to feel that their balance is better and that they're less likely to fall. So the strength training has different angles. It's also really important to think about your balance uh, when you have osteoporosis. For some people, this might not feel like a problem, but for others with osteoporosis, it is really significant. The risk of uh, fracturing is obviously higher. So breaking a bone is higher if you uh, are to fall. So we talk to people about thinking, where is your balance at at the moment? You can try a simple test at home. So if you're able to stand unaided, you can practice standing normally with your feet apart. And in a safe place where you could touch onto something if you were needed to, you can try standing with your feet together. If that feels comfortable, you can try standing with one foot ahead of the other, but slightly to one side. And if that's easy, you can try standing heel to toe as if you were tightrope walking, always with something you can hold onto if you do lose your balance. 
if you find your balance is challenged, then there are lots of exercises that you can do. One of the uh, exercises that we've been using here uh, in the hospital exercise class um, is actually an app which we can give the link for um, called Clock Yourself that asks you to react and move your foot to a different place at each time. It's something that can be done at a very easy level or can actually be very challenging. Okay, if you that want sounds it good. To. Yeah, I would definitely include that link. When people have osteoporosis, we're quite keen to uh, consider the way that they're moving and lifting. So what we like is to keep a tall spine if you're going to be uh, lifting weight. And if you are going to be lifting something, firstly, to lift something that you feel very comfortable to lift. So a weight that doesn't feel too challenging for you and to hold that close to the body. So if you needed to pick something up from uh, a surface or from lower down, we'd ask you to bend with your legs, but keep your body nice and tall. Bring the weight close to you before you stand up. We also don't like people twisting with the weight. So if you were, say, moving something from one kitchen counter to another, we would ask you to bring that close to you, move around using your feet rather than twisting your back, and then put it down carefully. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that you think is not safe for you to move please do just delegate that task where you can or move it in small sections at a time sounds good yes that's that's some good advice there i think um and also having a routine we we talked about the the government guidelines for 150 minutes was it did you say yes so the government recommends um that people are active so by that they mean Um, aiming for 150 minutes of moderate activity. So this is being able to talk, but not necessarily sing. If you were comfortable doing vigorous activity, so this would be activity where you really couldn't talk in full sentences, then up to around 75 minutes is absolutely fine. And it's fine to do a combination of these. They also recommend that we sit less, that we break up our sitting time. While we're all somewhat confined Mm -hmm. at the moment, it's well worth looking at the amount of time we spend sedentary and trying to keep getting up regularly through the day, using our bodies, putting them through the normal movements that they would do. The government also recommend building strength. So they talk about on two days a week, doing something to challenge your muscles. Um, And we would say that that two or three times a week would be very appropriate for someone who has osteoporosis. If you're challenging your muscles, you're going to probably want a break day in between for that particular muscle set. So you don't have to do challenging strength exercises every single day. They also talk about balance. Um, So practicing tasks that, that challenge your balance They talk about two times a week, but we would say if you're concerned about your balance or you're concerned about falls, that practicing this a little bit every day is a great idea. Okay, so you could sort of mix it up a bit then. So we're allowed our our daily walk. So you could do a daily walk one day to get in some of your moderate activity and then you could do your OP um, routine the following day and kind of alternate it through the week. Absolutely. So some people might find that they've been asked to stay within their properties. 
And if you can't get the walking in, by doing the strength exercises, you will still be having a sort of a heart workout, a cardiovascular workout, especially if you were to put this into um, like a, a routine that you follow. So um, a, a series of exercises that you do where you bring your heart rate up or you bring your breathing rate up and you maintain it up there for a period of time. So even indoors, you can get your heart going, but with the opportunity to go out, we'd, mm. we'd recommend that. Um, if you are going out for a walk and it is exactly what you normally do and it's quite easy for you and you've already done it it's probably not enough to count towards your moderate exercise because it's probably not making you out of puff what you might want to do is mix it up by walking on steps or stairs walking up hills or anything that you feel a bit more challenged on okay yep that makes sense and are there any kind of exercises that people with osteoporosis should avoid particularly so we wouldn't recommend that people took up exercises where you're likely to fall or you're likely to have some impact so if someone had a diagnosis of osteoporosis we wouldn't be asking them to take up any contact sport or any uh, thing that risked um risk them being injured or fractured uh, in that way if you're already doing something and you feel comfortable doing it there, there is some leeway. So um, people do worry about things like jogging or people sometimes worry about their yoga. If it's stuff that you've already done and you feel comfortable doing it, then as physios, we're very unlikely to ask you to stop a task. There are times when we are more cautious. If somebody has had a vertebral fracture so they've had a break in one of the bones in their spine then we talk to them about not not doing a move that's a really um, enhanced sort of forward bend so bending right down so your back is fully mm. bent over especially if you are then adding any weight or any speed into that movement so we wouldn't want a repeated touching of toes we're not very keen on um, people doing sit-ups and things because it's curling the spine up and they're not really necessary moves the same applies for a twist if you're twisting all the way around or a fast twist or a twist with weights again we'd urge caution if you've previously had a vertebral fracture you can move in these ways so you it's okay to put your shoes on and bend down and, and touch your feet but as an exercise, as a repeated move, we think there are other exercises that would be just as beneficial, um, more beneficial, and wouldn't risk that. So we might, for example, if someone were keen to do sit-ups, but we didn't think they were a good idea, we might talk to them about doing other exercises to strengthen their body, their core, such as a plank, where you are either on it onto a surface, uh, or onto the floor if you feel able um, and you're leaning up on your elbows or up on your hands and on your toes or on your knees and you're making your body like a plank of wood um, so you're challenging those muscles without having to do a um, full forward bend or a, an extreme yeah twist. I, I can see now why people might also get a bit concerned about yoga because yoga can involve quite a lot of twisting and things can't it so maybe it is a case of 
ask if you're not sure, isn't it? If it's, uh, I think, for some kinds of routines. I do think so. On the uh, Royal Osteoporosis Society website, they have um, spoken about uh, yoga and Pilates, and I think they have a video um, containing some of the Pilates information. Um, we're not asking people to stop activity. I think that's important to say. We're just asking people to consider if their activity does put them at risk, is there a different way of doing that? So not to become inactive, because that would be absolutely the worst thing you could do, but to consider a maybe safer alternative or more appropriate alternative. Yeah, you have to adapt. And I think from what from what you're saying, it sounds like people... Um, are naturally um, cautious when they've had especially when they've already had some kind of fracture and um, you you mentioned that sometimes they just need the reassurance and obviously they need to ask for that or go sounds like Ros have got lots of good information so that's a really good place to go and um, find all their guides because it's already written isn't it Absolutely. So we do spend uh, a fair amount of time in uh, physiotherapy reassuring people about movement. Having a fracture can be very life changing and can be a, an awful experience for a lot of people and quite shocking. So trying to encourage people back into activity and movement, trying to give people the confidence uh, to exercise is a very, very important part of helping them to manage their osteoporosis. OK, thanks, Sarah. That, that's covered quite a lot of um, information that I think will be really useful to, for people and also to sort of hear it again, even if they've heard it at one of our previous info days or, um, you know, I think sometimes you forget things and... Obviously, we'll put all the links in the descriptions. It, it can be very hard to know where to start. So having a bit of a plan in place can Absolutely. make a lot of sense. And I mean, it is it is very strange at the moment that, you know, being in our homes a lot more and maybe having to be a bit more creative about how you exercise and what what you do for exercise. But there's so much online now that. There's a lot online at the moment. There are a lot of new resources. Um, we like the um, uh, exercises that you can you can either watch or you can look at the techniques. Um, we've got some of them on the. There are some of them on the Royal Osteoporosis website. Um, they've got phone lines. You can speak to the nurses, but also exercise sheets and videos. Another website that I think have laid it out really clearly are Osteoporosis Canada. So they um, give some really clear guides. They've got some videos. And one of the things I like a lot are different patient journeys. So people with osteoporosis are all very different. Some people are coming into this much younger, some are coming in much older and trying to go through and find someone who seems they're in the same, the same camp as you and watch their exercise journey can actually be very um, inspiring. They also have some specific exercise videos showing the technique for certain exercises. That sounds really good. I definitely think you're right when it's um, the patient journeys and, and sharing experience, I think can make a, a big difference to, to somebody in terms of how they then approach what they're going to do and to see that it was okay for someone to do that and start this way and so that sounds really good. We'll definitely have to include that link. Thank you. That sounds like a really good one. 
So thanks so much for taking the time to um, call in with us today and to talk through all of this, Sarah. It's been really interesting and hopefully it's going to be a real use to people at home with um, osteoporosis. Thank you, Mel, for giving us the opportunity to get this information out to people, even though we can't meet them at the normal public engagement sessions at the moment. Fantastic. Thanks, Sarah. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And just a reminder that you can sign up to hear about more podcasts and all the patient engagement research opportunities that are upcoming by joining our mailing list. All you have to do is send an email to admin at birdbath.org.uk. The link is also in the text description of this podcast. We would also like to thank Health Watch Bath and North East Somerset for helping to fund this podcast.